Why haven't we been back to the moon? The space race found us attempting to travel to the moon before the turn of the 60s into the 70s. And we made it. But since 1972, we've never returned. Why? Is it because there's no reason for us to go back? It's too expensive? Too costly? Or is it because we never went in the first place and the technology of mass media reached a point where people could no longer be fooled into thinking that we had sent men to the moon? That's what we'll discuss tonight. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Awoke. Awoke is a podcast about the mysteries of this world, conspiracy, the supernatural, and prophecies. They all fall under the guise of this podcast. Our goal is to open your third eye to assist you to be awoke from the veil of illusion the world has placed you under and by doing so allow you to see the world as it is. Many conspiracy theorists question the validity of all the evidence that would support the argument that we have, in fact, sent men to the moon for exploration. And that's what we're digging into tonight. You know, our cards were really forced. Our hand was, you know, forced when the, the Soviet Republic started putting men into space. And a lot of things pivoted around supremacy of America versus the USSR. And the space race was looked at as a symbol of said supremacy. That if we could put a man on the moon, that we would win the Cold War. That we would have the technological advances to win the Cold War. And one could argue that that was in fact the case. That our supremacy in outer space led to uh, the downfall, ultimately, of technology to advance us to a place where we could actually be a much stronger military power than the USSR. But what if we realized we would never get there? What if we knew it would never happen? And our president, who had recently been slain in Dallas, Texas, which we will talk about in a later show, had set a goal for us to reach the moon before the end of the 60s. And by some miraculous happening, we made it in 1969. Many people have different arguments of why we did not go to the moon different evidence that they point to and tonight I'm going to talk about a lot of that evidence 
one of the first things that comes up whenever you talk to a conspiracy theorist or even a, a, just a, a doubter that we've gone to the moon is the lighting. We see, first of all, in a lot of the movies and um, photographs that the astronauts, as they're coming down the ladder out of the space module, the LEM, the landing module, as they're coming down the stairs, that they're on the shadow side of the ship, meaning that the sun is on the opposite side of the ship and therefore casting a shadow where they're coming out. But yet, the astronaut itself is not in a shadow at all. In fact, they're completely lit up and you can make out many of the details of their uniform, spacesuit. In what's a, uh, one such picture, you can actually make out a, uh, I don't want to call it a sticker, but we'll call it a decal on the side of the ship saying United States. That there's so much detail and, and illumination on these objects that it argues that there's not one light source. And I will tell you my theory a uh, little further down the show when I point out some other evidence. The other thing with the lighting is many people have said that there are different angles of lighting. For example, you have one photo where a astronaut is standing and they're casting a shadow in a specific direction in the foreground. But in the background, they have lighting going at a different angle. Because of the distance of the sun from the moon and it being the only lighting source, all the shadows should appear to be almost parallel. By them being not parallel, by them meeting at a certain point off screen, that is an argument for people to say that the lighting source was much closer than it would be if it was the sun. So this points to alternate light sources, which some people say it was done inside of a movie stage and all put together to fool normal people. It's a, it's a possibility. I don't doubt on that evidence alone, it's something that we can't take as fact. Another thing about the pit pictures, especially, especially about the pictures, several pictures have been taken and compared to each other, and we see similar backdrops, almost as if a picture was taken in one area one day and the lunar module is set up and you have some other items set up and then you have a picture sometimes even from other um, missions 
where you have the same background but no lunar module. Now, one thing to remember is, according to the official stories, the teams that landed on the moon never landed in the same spots. They landed in different spots. And so they shouldn't have been encountering similar or even identical land features. The thought that you could come across a land feature that was almost identical on the moon, on the earth, or anywhere else, and it not be the same spot is kind of far-fetched. It's hard to grasp. Another thing about the terrain, which is very interesting to me, that people quote quite often, is the soil. The soil on the lunar surface was described by Neil Armstrong as being powder-like, kind of like a talc. And so, as we see the video, the very grainy, very um, low-quality video that was sent back from the moon to the Earth, we see, as it gets closer and closer to the moon, this dust dispersing from the rockets that are, are positioning the lunar lander and also are giving it thrust to counteract the gravity so that when it lands, it's not going to land too hard, damage equipment, and injure people, ultimately causing destruction. So a couple things about that. We see dust being kicked up. We know that the gravity on the moon is one-sixth of the gravity on Earth. So that would lead me to believe that dust, when it gets kicked up, is going to fall back to the surface of the moon much gradually, or is that a word even? Much more gradually. Slower. It takes longer to get back to the ground. Kicking dust up into the air on the moon, and I say air, but, but you know, there is no atmosphere there, and we'll get to that also. But by kicking that dust up, it's not going to just float off into space. There's enough gravity to make everything come back to the surface. The escape velocity is too great that this dust could be kicked up into outer space. So, all this dust is kicked up, and we would think it would be dispersed outwards, away from the uh, lunar lander. And we would even think that there'd be a nice crater from where the rocket had fired the retro rocket to keep us from crashing into the moon, correct? But on all the videos and all the pictures, there is no evidence of a crater created by the lunar, lo uh, lunar lander retro rocket. That's a mouthful. And it quite makes you question, was it actually landed there? Or was it all set up to look like 
a lunar landing. That alone isn't really definitive when it comes to the, uh, the dust on the moon's surface. The other thing we see is that this dust, we have lots of footprints all around the lunar module. And uh, there's tons of pictures and video of these footprints everywhere. But you would think that if this dust was blown all around while the thing was landing, that the dust wouldn't have li landed close to the lunar lander. It would have landed outward somewhere like like a crater. There would have been it would have been blown away and there would have been like a rim around the lunar lander. So therefore you wouldn't have been able to make these deep impression footprints in the dust. But we don't see that. We see these very deep footprints in the dust. Okay, here's where we get to arguments. And whenever you make these arguments, they can't support each other because the evidence does not support the arguments. Here we go. Let's say that the dust kicked up and then it landed back down, right? In place. And when they got out and they were stepping around, they, the dust that had resettled underneath the ship, they made footprints in, right? Excellent. I can accept that. I can accept that as an argument, as a what if, as a proposition. But for that argument to be valid, that would mean that that same dust that resettled and allowed them to make footprints would have settled other places. Namely, on the legs of the lunar lander. The lunar lander didn't just have these, you know, pointy little legs. They actually had what looked to be like, you know, um, saucers or, or plates that the feet were made out of. And so, if there had been, in fact, lunar dust in the air as it resettled, it would have fell on these saucers or these plates or these feet and collected. But in numerous pictures, we see that that, in fact, is not the case. There is no dust on the lunar feet. Okay, that's one argument, and I can show you where it's not a valid argument. So let's do the other valid argument, okay? The other value, va uh, va valid argument would be that as the lunar lander is landing, that only a little bit of dust is pushed off because you can see it as, as it's coming down. You can see the, the spray of this dust flying away, okay? And the lunar lander lands and the dust is pushed away, and, but it only pushed away a little bit. It only pushed away a little bit from the, the retro rockets. We still would have seen some streaking, some sort of evidence of motion away from the lunar lander site saying something landed here and pushed the lunar dust out away from 
this central point, almost like a crop circle, if you will. And even if it did it, that we still could see footprints because it wouldn't have blown all of it away. I can, I can, I can understand that argument, but we see no evidence, no crater, no um, ejection of dust away from the center of the landing area, nothing. We have none of this. And that's why a lot of people have been led to believe that we didn't actually land on the moon. That it was a, either a soundstage or some people have argued, and this is a good one, I love this one, that perhaps it was all staged in the high deserts of the United States of America, in the Nevada region, in a place called Area 51, where you're not allowed to get anywhere close to that area. You can't get within six miles of Area 51 without being picked up by security forces. This place is top secret. And we already associate it with aliens and other space-like phenomena, so it would uh, only make sense that perhaps we use that terrain that supposedly looks a lot like the moon to do some faking, some videotaping and release to the public to make them think we did, in fact, land on the moon. Another very popular supported evidence of um, our faking the moon landing is that of the American flag. Everywhere that they planted an American flag, you can visibly see on the video the waving of the flag. And everyone argues, and this is this is factual, this is a factual argument. It's, it's valid. There's no wind on the moon because there's no atmosphere. If you don't have an atmosphere, you can't have wind. And so there's no reason for the flag to be waving unless it was done somewhere there is atmosphere and somewhere there is wind. But my argument is, <clears throat> this is uh, what I think is a little bit better. If you look at the videos of them planting the flags, you'll notice that they put a bar out from the middle of the, the, the post, you know, the, uh, the flagpole. They put a bar across the top of the flag and strapped the flag to it. Why? Why would you need that? I understand that there is gravity on the moon. <clears throat> and I do understand that if you pulled the flag out, it would eventually fall back down. So you wanted the flag to be out straight so you could see the stars and the stripes. I get that. 
But why do you need a bar? Honestly. I mean, you could have quite easily just pulled the flag out, took pictures of it, extended outwards, and then allowed it to fall back. The reason is they didn't want you to see the fall the the flag fall as quickly as it would because the flag would have fell at a normal speed not the one-sixth of gravity speed that you would see on the moon but rather it would fall at the same speed that you would see on earth and this is something that they could have timed they could have actually timed the way this was happening and with easy physics calculations have calculated what the level of gravity was in the film the other thing is they needed the flag to look like it was going to stick outwards they wanted to make it look like they were in a low gravity environment so that they could pass it off as the moon but by doing this they actually gave the flag enough taunt that it waved in the wind that the flag would flutter in the wind and blow around proving that there was some form of wind in the environment so it actually was a mistake on their part now let's talk about gravity since we're kind of on that subject right now they also had to fake the men moving on the moon the vehicle the lunar lander uh, little uh, uh, lunar rover they had to mimic what it would look like on the moon to pass off this hoax and what they did is if you people will show you if you speed up the film footage on the uh, people walking or skipping and the vehicle moving around it looks like it's happening real time and that's why when the astronauts are walking they're not bounding up and down they're doing a side-to-side -side shuffle because it was impossible for them to do a bounding up and down and it look normal because if you slow the thing down you're slowing down the whole body uh, mechanics and they're still staying close to the ground they're not actually being able to bound up in the air because with the sixth of the gravity you should be able to jump up in the air pretty well so instead what they did was they had them shuffle along the ground with their feet outwards so that way they could slow it down and it looked like they were kind of bobbing up and down very slightly also on the vehicle in the regular video you see it and uh, the dust stays up in the air for a little bit and you think oh well 
it's good evidence that they're on the moon. But if you double it again at double speed, it looks like a normal vehicle out on some sand dunes. And the speed at which it's going looks more normal than the video, the raw video, the half-speed video, if you will. Because it just appears like it's just not really going fast. It doesn't look like it's actually moving the way it should be. So a lot of people argue that that's also evidence. I think that's anecdotal, anecdotal evidence. I, I agree that, you know, I can see it and by doubling it. Um, but I really don't know, um, physically speaking, what it would look like. One-sixth video, you know, one-sixth gravity videos versus real videos. But I can I can see their argument. I don't know how valid it is, but I can see the argument. So, the pictures that were taken on the moon, supposedly also they had etched X's, crosshairs, in the lenses of all the equipment the video equipment, the pictures. So to um, be able to, I guess, do measurements or whatnot, I, I, I don't know exactly what the reasoning is for that behind there. I'm sure it's something extremely scientific. But if we look at a lot of the photos, they, they seem quite natural. But several of them, the crosshairs seem to cover up items like they're supposed to but in other places items seem to cover up the crosshairs which seems very interesting in fact there's one photo where a crosshair is covering up the American flag but it's not covering up the astronaut and there's other photos where items are there and the crosshairs are going behind them and it makes no sense this would not happen in a environment naturally it would have to be done if something was superimposed over these crosshairs and I told you I was going to talk about this a little later I think that's the answer to it all I think they have taken some of the photos that they had either inside of a sound stage or at a location and they had superimposed other items from photographs that they had on top of uh, the items because they weren't well lit that's why we see the astronaut very well lit you know in a sh inside of a shadow it's because they took other photos and superimpose the images they they photoshopped them they photoshopped these pictures to make them look authentic but when doing so they missed that they were putting them over the crosshairs and therefore calling into doubt their validity I think that this could be an explanation of why we see different shadows for different items in the same scene. Perhaps the background was one photo and the foreground was a second 
and they Photoshop these together and therefore you have different lighting sources because it's effectually two different pictures. I think that they wanted to make these pictures look so vivid and real and let me tell you something folks these pictures look really good very good pristine there's an issue with that too and we'll get to that in a second but they want to make these look so good that they went a little too far in touching them up photoshopping them to make them look nice and remember these cameras are strapped to the bodies of the astronauts they're taking them they don't have a viewfinder they don't have this is way before you had a little video screen on your camera where you could see what you're taking a picture of before you took a picture of it and they're still using film this is not digital photos this is film so they're taking these pictures right they're perfectly framed the f-stop you know the aperture everything setting wise is perfect lighting everything these are I mean if you look at some of these pictures they're beautiful photos per like professionally taken photos these astronauts are not professional photographers they don't understand about f-stop and speed and we didn't have automatic cameras back then that would have computer chips in them to automatically do this stuff for you. No. You had to know the techniques on taking a good photograph. You had to know that you had to increase your shutter speed if you wanted an action photo. If it was a still photo, you could decrease the action speed and therefore up the f-stop and then you would get a much more detailed clear photo but then again you're in an environment where there's a lot of darkness and there's only one light source the Sun and it always has to be at your back otherwise you're you know gonna have a very bad exposure there's so many and you know folks I took a class in high school on photography I'm by no means an expert but there are so many different attributes in photography back then that you really had to know your stuff to get a professionally done looking photo and I don't think that the astronauts would have that it's hard to to grasp and oh by the way every photo and every video there are no stars you're in space right I mean we go outside here and take a nice professionally done photo and you're gonna see some kind of stars in the background but now you're in space there's no atmosphere there's no cloud cover there's no competing city lights there's no lighting elsewhere at all all you have is the Sun and there's no lights there's no starlight at all that seems odd it just it really seems odd so that's that's interesting to say the least that 
these photos that are supposed to support the evidence that we've been to the moon really bring up a lot of questions on whether or not we really have been to the moon. The last thing I'm going to touch on, and this is what I hold as the largest amount of evidence for me of how we could not go to the moon. And that's the physical toll that the trip to and from would have taken on the astronauts and the physical toll of actually being on the moon would have taken on the astronauts. And I'll explain. First, all the flights leading up to the moon and all the flights since, have you, have been low orbit missions, meaning that they stay within what we call the Van Allen belts. The Van Allen belts are two magnetic belts that surround the Earth. You have a lower one and a higher one. And what they are created from is solar energy, released from the sun, obviously, and particles that have been captured by our Earth's magnetic field and encircle the Earth and actually act as a barrier to cosmic radiation that prevents our planet and our planet's atmosphere, ultimately, from being destroyed from radiation. So, ultimately, the Van Allen belts have a lot of uh, electrons and protons, and, and they have some alpha particles, which are radioactive particles. Um, there, it's an actual like radioactive cloud around the Earth that's protecting us from any more harmful radiation. For us to travel through those Van Allen belts, we would actually incur some radiological damage to our body. Now listen to this. Twelve people have been to the moon, or walked on the moon, excuse me. Twelve people have walked on the moon. Twelve people have orbited the moon, making 24 people total. And a few of those people have been more than once. You would think you would see some damage going in and out of a Van Allen belt a couple times within a short amount of period of time because remember, all of our lunar journeys for from 69 to 72, a three-year period, exposing yourself to radiation going through these Van Allen belts within a three-year period would lead to numerous physical signs of radiation. But once we get outside the Allen belts, we have cosmic radiation. There is radiation within the cosmos everywhere. All of the lights that we see at night, all the stars off in the distance, that's radiant energy that we're seeing. Unfortunately, the radiant energy that we see, or actually probably fortunately, is filtered through the Van Allen belts in our atmosphere, and so we only see them. 
we only have visual spectrum radiation, non-ionizing radiation. But our sun, they can't filter out all of the radiation that comes off the sun. And so somebody who stands out in the sun for too long gets sunburned because that radiation is intense enough to cause your skin to burn. Still non-ionizing, but it's still harmful to your body. You get outside of the Van Allen belts and you have all kinds of radiation, folks. And the space capsule that they're in is not made of the protective amount of lead that you would need to protect your body from that radiation. No, because if it was lead, it'd be too heavy and it wouldn't be able to have lifted off. It wouldn't have been able to get off the ground. We couldn't have gotten it into space unless it was as light as it was. So now we're sending our astronauts out there for a couple day journey around all this cosmic radiation in a ship made out of space age aluminum exposed to radiation. You're telling me that there wouldn't have been signs of burns or damage or some sort and long-term exposure. Furthermore, let's say that that's all real and we get them to the moon and we let them jump out of the space capsule in their little space suits. These space suits were fabric with a very thin piece of aluminum, the very thin piece of like some kind of fiberglass and plastic. These were not radioactive protective suits. So now you have them out there on the moon exposed to sunlight 24 hours a day or for however long they're out there on their spacewalk or moonwalk because listen folks the bright side of the moon dark side of the moon the bright side of the moon is always bright the sun is always on that part of the moon the moon is always pointed towards the sun on that half of the moon not only that it's positive 250 in the sun negative 250 in the, the shade So there's really not a lot of thermal protection either way for these astronauts. But you're telling me that they could survive this out in the open? They say, oh, well, we had cooling systems and, and blah, blah, and these suits were highly advanced. Okay, well, these suits are so highly advanced. Why aren't we using them for other aspects here in our environment? If they're so highly advanced... Heck, why aren't firefighters using them? Race car drivers. Nuclear uh, reactor uh, engineers. Why aren't these people using them? If they're so advanced in 1969, 1970, 1971, 1972, they're so advanced, why haven't we used them up to now and built on the technology? And oh, by the way, why are we not going back? Because I'm, I guarantee you, our technology between 1972 and now 
has increased exponentially. So why aren't we sending more people to the moon? And the argument is there's nothing to really discover anymore there. Well, there's really nothing to discover anywhere. We're still sending probes to the moon. There's nothing to discover there. As much as there's to discover on the moon. In a different show, we'll talk about the things that are to discover out there, but that's neither here nor there tonight. It just doesn't make sense. The radiation alone should have killed these astronauts. So we're left with the option to believe one of two things. That we did, in fact, against all odds, send people to the moon numerous times. I want to say five missions, I believe it was. Five missions. We were able to send people safely to the moon. And also, we sent a couple missions in between those missions where people didn't land on the moon, but they still would have bore the effects of space travel to the moon and back. And think of Apollo 13. And that's that's the, the last argument I'll, I'll face here. Because I thought to myself as I was preparing for the show, okay, Apollo 13, let's take that one. If landing on the moon was fake, and if we weren't actually going there, then why fake a tragedy in space where people didn't get a land on the moon and they could have died and all this stuff? And I'll tell you why. And if you watch the movie, it tells you why in the movie. It tells you why. Apollo 11, land on the moon, do our thing, Neil Armstrong, one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. Apollo 12, we follow it up. Everybody's excited. We've done it. Apollo 13, they weren't even covering it. Yeah, it was on TV. There was no news trucks out. There's nothing. No, everybody, we'd already done it. We've been there, done that. We got the t-shirt. It's not as exciting anymore. If NASA's not exciting, if they're not doing something noteworthy that people are watching then why are we funding it? So they made the decision, well, nobody's following this. We got to spice it up a little bit. And what better than tragedy to spice up your ratings? So, instead of doing a fake moon landing, let's do a fake moon disaster where we have to go through all these different things and problems and oh we don't know if they'll make it back and everybody will be glued to their television and we'll throw some commercials in there and sell them some products too oh yeah I know I'm crazy right I'm a loony bin because I'm thinking of this but think about it if your ratings are falling you're more desperate to do something amazing to get viewership back up. And they did. They got viewership back up. Once Houston, we have a problem happen, people started tuning in. 
And it's funny, Jim Lovell's wife in the movie says, nobody wanted to interview me before when Jim was just going up to the moon. It's not until a tragedy that everybody wants to talk to me. Because it had become passe. Because people had bought the hoax so well that they thought, oh, traveling to the moon is easy. There's no danger. These guys, it's not that hard. So we had to inject a little danger, a little probability that they wouldn't come back, back into it so people still had the awe factor. In gaming theory, they talk about this. They, you have to have a game that's achievable or people will give up. And that's not boring or too easy because people will lose interest. So it has to be a fine line in there. It's the same thing with TV. It's the same thing with entertainment. And so when they had the Apollo 13 quote-unquote disaster... They bought themselves a couple more years entertaining the public with their moon hoaxes and got more money siphoned into NASA, into the government budget, because people thought, hey, this is great. But when they couldn't find another reason for us to go back to the moon, and couldn't push the narrative further. They had to give up on it. And that's why we've only been in low orbit missions since. Because that's all we can sell them. These are my opinions, folks. This is what I think with the evidence that I have, with the facts that I know, with the laws of physics that make sense to me I've come to these conclusions I listen to the counter arguments and I give them their due respect and consideration but I haven't found credence yet in an argument that proves that we've been to the moon not quite yet I've heard quite a few, you know, these moon rocks are dated back billions of years ago. Guess what? You can dig into the ground and you can find some stuff that's billions of years ago. I guarantee you. Well, we, we put a reflective cell up there and you can shoot a laser at it and it'll reflect and come back and you can hear the signal. Well, yeah, okay. You could do that with a satellite too. You could have a satellite with coordinates and it could be a geosynchronous satellite and you could do the same exact thing. Well, you know, a, uh, another um, independent uh, trip was satellite had gone through around the moon and we took pictures of the site. Okay, I, you showed me some pictures that you could have easily doctored. If I already believed that you doctored photos, high-res photos of people on the moon... These grainy images that you show me that make it look like people have been, you know, setting up stuff on the moon. Well, heck, what's to stop me from thinking you could have faked that too? Come on. 
So, folks, that's that's what I believe. I encourage you, don't just take it at my face value. Get online, you know, listen to the different YouTube videos. Look at the different interviews. There's a lot of old conspiracy theory shows that you can go on and you can look at those things and uh, examine the evidence for yourself or the lack of evidence even. And you can make up your own determination because I could be wrong. I might be wrong. But hey, maybe I'm right. And maybe it'll bring light to your understanding. Maybe it'll wake you up. Maybe it'll enlighten you. Maybe it will further the discussion of what is going on in our universe. Maybe it'll make you ask more questions and become awoke. Mm-hmm.